0: Welcome to this podcast, From Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is Kimberly Moses. She wears many hats to fulfill the call. God has placed her in life as an entrepreneur over several businesses, including her own personal brand, Rejoice Essentials, which promotes the gospel of Jesus Christ. She also serves as a life coach and mentor to many women. She also is a loving mother of two wonderful children. She's married to Tron. Over her life, Kimberly has um, dedicated her work to serving other people as God has placed that in her life to do. She currently resides in South Carolina, Kimberly is the author of 47 books, including her latest book, Tubelita. Her weekly Facebook broadcast is a lifeline to hope and encouragement, empowerment, and inspiration to people around the world. Kimberly has been featured on Eternal Life TV and has a weekly podcast entitled Warfare Strategies. It's so good to have her on the show today. Well, it's so good to have Kimberly on the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Brother Keith. How are you doing?
0: I can't complain. Um, God's been good. And I always look forward to talking to new people and, and seeing how God has been using them in their lives. And and your story was very, very compelling. So I thought it'd be nice to share it with the audience and kind of see how God has blessed you in your life.
1: Yes. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share about God's goodness.
0: Good. So I'm going to give you an easy question to kind of warm you up a little bit. What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Ooh, the best advice I ever received is just, uh, you know, let people go. If they want to walk away, let them go and bless them and just keep your heart pure. Because like in ministry and even life, people come and people go. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that God will send people, you know, to your life that's meant to be.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a verse that says something like that, like brush the dust off your sandals for those who kind of reject the message. So just keep moving.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's
0: a very biblical verse there. I like how you do that. So yes. tell us something about yourself that the audience who are meeting you for the first time do not know about you.
1: Well, um, um, back in the day, we used to grow up in a military base, me and my, uh, my family. And we had a lot of roaches. I know it sounds nasty. Oh, no. But uh,
0: <laughs> did they fly? I used to sleep
1: on my back. Say what?
0: Did those fly?
1: oh yeah, they flew. There was like big, nasty cockroaches. And I used to sleep on my back and with my mouth open. And one got in my mouth. And in the morning, I was like, you know, just spitting out legs. So from this day, I'm scarred. I never sleep on my back from that moment on. I always sleep on my side. So (laughs) that scarred me for life.
0: See, I grew up in Louisiana. We had those flying roaches. It was really terrifying. You go in (laughs) in the middle of the night to get a snack. And you had to cut the light out first. You never knew what was going to fly up at you. So I understand. (laughs) I understand that fear. This is a very, very real fear. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So when I listen to your testimony, Kimberly, I'm really moved by all the things that you had to endure. And you slept on the floor for almost two years before evicted. So how did you stay strong through those kinds of trials in your life?
1: Yeah, so um, my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it, he kept me strong. I was uh, being actually called into full-time ministry. I used to work full-time in a hospital as a respiratory therapist, and I knew God was going to call me to preach his word. And it seems like my hours at my job at the time was just drying up. And I said, God, okay, maybe I am supposed to preach. So it seemed like I went through a season of stripping. Like I lost everything. I used to have like a five-bedroom house. And I just got decreased down to a one-bedroom apartment. had roaches, ants, rats, you name it, all in that apartment. And I was just so broke, I had to make a choice. Like, if I did get $20, like, am I going to put this in my gas tank? Or I'm going to get, like, some food, you know, where $20 can get some some noodles, a pack of bread and some hot dogs and, you know, just try to survive. So I was like, okay, God, I was a stretch. And I really, really had to lean on God to uh, just make it through that season. So uh, during those like that two, three year period of just sleeping on the air mattress, my children were younger and you know how children, they always want to like draw. So my children would have like pens and pencils on the air mattress and they would poke a hole in the air mattress. And we wake up in the morning, we're on the floor. And I'm like, oh, my God, my back hurt, Lord, you know. So we endured that for a little bit. And then when I did get a little bit of money, I brought a new air mattress because I could not afford to actually, you know, buy a real bed. So one day uh, I was facing eviction and a pastor friend of mine, he took favor to me and he was like, this is where you live. Uh, He's going to help me move into another location. And he's like, oh, my God, Uh, I got a bunch of furniture in the storage. Uh, I'm not going to use it, I was going to throw it away eventually, but you can have it. So, God used this pastor to just furnish my whole apartment. So, He blessed us with a bed, a mattress, some dressers, and you know, a little couch, some, something to sit on. So, I, I went through that, but just trusting God and believing God. So, that just got me through that tough time.
0: You know, that's interesting because you know, in all of our lives, there's always that point, that turning point in our life where. God intervenes and it sounds like that was for you. Or is there another point in life where you just kind of God just kind of kind of jumped in the middle of your life and said, have a different path for you?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. See, um, brother Keep, I was not raised in church. I was actually raised as a Buddhist. So and I used to be like really promiscuous, wow, and everything like that. And I used to be an exotic dancer as well. So I remember on my way to go to the strip club. And I almost got in a, a car accident. And uh, the early that morning, I heard the devil speak to me for the first time. And the devil said, you're going to die today. And I felt like I was going to die. I felt deaf. And I shook it off. I said, no, because I, I think I was like 21 at the time. I was like, no, I'm too young. You know how young people think. They think they're invincible. So I was thinking that. And sure enough, I think about maybe a few hours later, I was um, just driving down the street. And I got in this bad car accident. But the crazy part was, Brother Keith, like two weeks before that accident, my younger sister had got saved. And she was like begging me to go to church. I said, no, no, I'm not going to church. I don't want to hear nothing about God. And she gave me this Bible. And I just put the Bible in my car, my passenger seat. And I just rode around with that Bible in my car for two weeks. So that night of that accident, it was so crazy, Brother Keith. I had like my eyebrow pierced that popped off, braces, those popped off my mouth. Oh, my. You know, CDs and glass scattered all across the highway and i never forget brother keep this 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 would change my life and i knew god was real because the firefighter at the scene he shook his head as he looked at the car because it was a four dance, a four-door sedan and it got smushed in two so if anybody was in my back seat they probably would have died you know but he looked at the car and he looked at me like young lady should not be alive and he reached down picked up the bible and handed it to me he said here young lady this saved your life and at that moment i was like okay god you're real and I didn't want to strip no more. I didn't want to sleep around anymore. I, I, wa- I wanted to know God. So um, God connected me with an older church mother. And a shout out to the church mothers. I love them so much. You know, they know how to pray. But And from that moment on, I just started following Jesus.
0: Cool. So how did you get in that situation? A lot of people end up in bad places in their life and they're not. So tell me the path that led you to where you were at when all that happened.
1: Yeah, so this is crazy. Like we have to watch what our children do. Like I have teenagers now, and I have to even be mindful of the things they watch, they listen to. So growing up in uh, as a Buddhist, you know, we didn't know God. I didn't hear about Jesus till I got 12. And the only reason why I heard about Jesus when I got twelve is because someone had put a curse on our family, and all this bad stuff was happening. So we did get—I did get baptized at twelve in Jesus' name, but I wasn't saved. We didn't go to church; we just got baptized, and that's it. You know, right. there was no church, so I didn't—I didn't know Jesus till I got like twenty-one. But um, just growing up, we was like carnal, lost. Uh, we used to watch a bunch of reality shows and one of the reality shows that we used to watch all the time was Jenny Jones. I don't know if you remember Jenny Jones. I do remember Jenny Jones, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she had this reality show where they used to have like these ugly ducklings in high school come back and then they'll be like transformed and they'll be like some kind of vixen like, you know, so I was like, oh my God, and I was like, I want to be like one of those women, you know, um, and most of them, they were like strippers. So I made a vow at 12 years old. I said, when I get older, I'm going to be a stripper. And sure enough, on my 18th birthday, I I started stripping legally, you know, because I actually started stripping at like 13, you know, um, I did tell my mother all this so she know, but um, I was just, just fast, you know, just out there. So I actually started doing it to like 18 and so uh, about 21 till I got in a, a car accident. So just just watching the wrong things. And God tells us in his word to uh, watch our eye gates, our ear gates, and don't set any wicked thing before our eyes. But I I didn't know at the time. So that kind of just led that pathway.
0: Yeah. So you've written 47 books. How many of those are based on your life story? How many of them are kind of different from just kind of what you've learned after your journey?
1: Yeah. So most of my books um, are based on my life story. Uh, I remember the first time God told me to write a book. It was like my first book. And he said, start a blog. And I was like, God, you know, okay. So I started a blog and he said, turn that blog into a book. So I did. And after I wrote my first book, he said, okay, here's 21 books. I was like, 21 books, God, but I did it. So after I finished, uh, you know, God began to give me more books. So I remember my first book, I was so ashamed. I didn't want nobody to know that I got, you know, touched as a young kid, you know, and in uh, a sexual I didn't want anyone to know that I was going through a divorce. I didn't want anyone to know that I used to be a stripper. I didn't, you know, I just it had so much shame over me. But I thank God for that deliverance because there's no condemnation in Christ. So my first book, I actually didn't put my name in a book. I was just making stories of like uh, Rebecca did this and Joanna did this. But nobody knew I was Rebecca and Joanna. Right. I was telling my own story. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but most of them are prayer books, some on prophecy, uh, and even the fictional type books. I kind of, it's a little bit about me and all the books. So to answer your question.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you've had a lot of trauma in your life. So what do people misunderstand when they when they think about trauma? What do they get wrong?
1: Yeah. So like trauma, it could be something that you relive. It could be like triggers. It could be something that can scar you and and. It's a saying called damaged goods, but Christ can take those damaged goods and restore and heal. And he says in this word, he's close to the broken and he binds up our wounds. And many of us are walking around here with Band-Aids and we have these walls up. We don't trust nobody. We lash out uh, based on uh, what we have experienced in the, uh, in the past. But the Lord can heal us of that. There were times when I was just traumatized. for fear, for example, I used to have anxiety for like five years. So I couldn't do certain things. I couldn't swallow pills which is crazy right a big old kid can't swallow pills i used to literally have panic attacks i couldn't drive over bridges i had to just start like hyperventilating i had to pull over somewhere and just take some deep breaths to be able to drive over the bridge um i couldn't go out and eat in p- public you know i would have to box up my food even though i was starving because of fear and it, it just kept me you know bound and then also i was traumatized when it came to relationships because i felt like all men cheat or all men are dogs, but God had to change uh, my mindset. Then I was traumatized when it came to other women, like trusting women, because I had like some scandalous friends, like they smile in your face, but they want your man, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, so God had to really, really like give me discernment, show me who to trust. Uh, He had to heal me and show me that not all people are bad. And he had to show me that fear is false, like false evidence appearing real and trust him. So God definitely healed me of trauma, and now I'm a peaceful person to have peace, and I thank God for that. Because it took several years to, to get there, but there is healing as you yield yourself to God. And sometimes you may have to go through uh, a natural me like counseling, but God does have godly counsels. He says in this word, in a multitude of counsels, there's uh, safety. So um, that, that's my take on trauma. God can just get you through it.
0: But, but black people don't like going to counselors. So how do we do oh, no. <laughs> So for those people who have trauma about counseling, what what advice do you have for people who, like what you just talked about, you had a, a lot of things triggered those traumas in your life. Yes. So how did you, who did you find that helped you deal with those trauma triggers in your life?
1: Yeah, so um, I got to the point, and I believe some of that stuff is pride too, to be honest. I got to the point where I just got desperate. I was suicidal. I was chronically depressed and I just, I just needed help and I needed someone to talk to someone that uh, just kind of got me. So I actually tried two different uh, counselors. I tried the secular, the worldly council. Then I tried someone um, in church and both of them gave me uh great advice and I thank God for using those counselors uh, in my life at the time because it prevented me from killing myself. It prevented me from uh, being so depressed where I couldn't function. So um, I remember a lady named Terry. She really, really stood out out of all the counselors that I ever had because she actually helped me. She sent me Bible verses every day. She sent me a page of a devotional book called Jesus Calling. I think that's the name of the devotion. It has like, Uh, the dates of the year and a devotion for each of the dates. She sent me that every day and it just brought life into me, It gave me encouragement. And then she also gave me exercise. She showed me how to, you know, write declarations and uh, speak affirmations over your life and uh, just write down what you want God to do. And, you know, uh, look at your situation from a different perspective, weigh the pros versus the cons and realize that, you know, there's more good than bad. And count count up your blessings. So I, I, I encourage people to just try be open-minded and be open minded and give it a shot. You know, God does use counselors, uh, men and women of God that have went to school, they're certified, qualified, they're appointed and they their grace to be able to carry those burdens of other people's problems and help somebody in Jesus'
0: name. Yeah. I think the thing you said that really started me most about what you went through was, it reminds me of Jesus in the wilderness when Satan kept telling him half-truths and Jesus kept pointing people back to the Word of God. And I think as you talked about the trauma in our life and the things you were dealing with, a lot of those weren't true. Those those assumptions about yourself, the things that the world was telling you, yourself was telling you, and having someone point you back to the word of God to clarify and add perspective to our trauma, our view of ourselves. to me is powerful. I think that's a, that's a wonderful lesson we can learn from that.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: So for the people out there who have dealt with emotional trauma and abuse in their life, what message do you have for them to encourage them?
1: Yeah. So there is healing after the abuse. Like I've been on both ends of the spectrum you know, I've been abused and I've been the abuser, you know, just to be honest. And, you know, God, he can uh, change anyone's life. So if you're abused, you know, there's healing. You don't have to walk on eggshells. You don't have to, you know, be a, a punching bag or a doormat. And God can uh, d- d- deliver you. And some people, they have like, I guess, the home Syndrome where they, Just feel sorry for their abuser and they just take it and they, you know, blame themselves like I'm the reason it's my fault. You know, God can deliver you from that because when I was being abused, my self esteem was like jacked up. I had no self esteem, but God had to, you know, build me up and show me that I am wonderfully and fearfully made and I do have a purpose in my life and God has a great plan. And then also for the abuser. God, you know, on the other case, if maybe you're abusing people, God can deliver you from anger. And one of the things that delivered me from anger, because God says anger lodges in the bosom of fools. And that scripture just convicted me so much. And um, God began to show me like, you got to grow up, Kimberly. You cannot be fighting all the time or take matters into your own hands. Vengeance is mine. So God had to really do a work in me. And um, actually, the turn another turning point in my life, Brother Keith, is when I went to jail and I ended up getting arrested because of anger. And I was actually on probation for three years because of the anger. So that was a turning point in my life. And God had to literally, he took me through a wilderness season to get things out of me to get the pride out to get bitterness and scorn and anger out and get all this stuff out before he actually pushed me uh you know to start preaching his word
0: wow that's powerful so i see you have a passion for helping women and encouraging women tell us about your what you do with women to encourage them
1: yes yes thank you that's 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 a great question so Growing up, and this is nothing but the enemy, the enemy wanted me to hate women because, you know, like sometimes in school, some kids have a bad experience, like with bullies and things like that. And in school, I faced a lot of bullying and, you know, I didn't get along with a lot of women growing up. But, you know, I was like, man, I don't even like to talk to women. I'm done. You know, I just had the wrong mindset. But then God, he has a sense of humor. So as I started preaching this word, about 95 percent of people that would come to me were women. So I was like, really, God? You know, so God changed my heart, how um, I felt about women. So then um, I started having compassion on these women and I started seeing myself in these women. I'm like, wow, you know, they used to they used to be me a few years ago. I used to be the one that was like half naked. I used to be the one that, you know, was in an abusive relationship. I used to be the one that didn't have any self-esteem. So God began to open up doors for me to talk to these women, and they begin to uh, just, you know, just think different about themselves. Realize that they are worth the ring. They don't have to settle, uh, you know, for anything. They are worth, you know, uh, something valuable in God. See, I remember I used to always feel like it's my looks. My looks can get me far in life. But God began to show me, like, you know, you got, you got a brain use your brain and God began to put an anointing. So I, I helped these women, you know, to realize like you got a brain, you could be beautiful, but you know, you, you can be anointed as well. You don't have to show everything, you know, that uh, that only your husband should see. And I begin to help these women like teach them about modesty. Sometimes it comes with a lot of, you know, like backlash. People don't like it, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay true to the message. So I just tell women like where I came from, where God brought me and delivered me from. And who I used to be and they just get inspired like modesty is right let's be modest so um I I do mentor a lot of women help them get confident teach how to write books uh how to have ministry etiquette you know we can't do the things like worldly women would do it has to be a standard so yeah that's that's my heart
0: that's cool so what do you want your legacy to be when you're all when all this is said and done and the lights go out what do you want the legacy to be about you
1: yeah, so one of the things like when I think of legacy, I think of my stamp on this earth right now, what I'm leaving behind. So, this is a, why uh, I write books a lot, why I'm so passionate about just books, because I'm still reading people's books that Ben went home to glory many years ago, decades ago, like Kenneth uh, uh, Hagen, you know, he went home to glory. I got a Smith Wigglesworth book. Uh, yeah, I, I got, uh, I can't think of his name right now, Norville Hayes, a bunch of his books. And he done, you know, I got a bunch of these people's books that, that's that's that gone. And I'm like, wow, God, uh, matter of fact, yeah, just uh, a, a bunch of books. Uh, one of the things I collect is books, and I, I love to write books. So my legacy is, you know, she was a true woman of God. She empowered her generation. She was uh, outside, you know, she thought outside the box you know, she was a trailblazer, a pioneer. I would like, you know, that to be my legacy.
0: That's great. So where can people find you on social media?
1: Um, They can find me on uh, Facebook at Prophetess Kimberly Moses, or you can go on YouTube. I have two YouTube channels, one, my ministry channel, which is my name, Kimberly Moses. Then I have another YouTube channel called Kimberly Spines. And on that channel, I'm talking about my weight loss journey because I recently lost about 40 pounds doing the keto diet. So I share that. Um, I also talk about just lifestyle things, but I do incorporate God in that as well. They can find me again for, uh, I have a Christian magazine called Rejoice Essential Magazine. Uh, They can go there, rejoiceessential.com or my publishing website at republishing.org because I'm a book publisher as well. So they can find me on those platforms.
0: Well, thank you so much, Kim. It was a great conversation and God bless what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much, Brother Keep. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website at https buzzsprout.com. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. You can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember, out of our messiness, God makes miracles.